Victor and Lois are siblings who were both diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder. Lois lives and works in London and Hector is a student living in Vienna. In their weekly podcast, Anxiety Calling, they'll be talking about different aspects of living with generalised anxiety disorder and how they get by in day-to-day life. Welcome to episode 18 of Anxiety Calling. My name is Lois. And I'm Hector. And today we're going to be talking about the psychological symptoms of anxiety. Um, Yeah, I mean, maybe short trigger warning, we'll be talking about some quite distressing thoughts and feelings that do come up. Um, So yeah, just so you know, that um, could be could be distressing. Um, Loie, what do you um, what would you say your your prime or chief psychological symptoms of, of your anxiety so i have a, a lot of um of the classic ones like um uncontrollable overthinking is a very big one mm. um for instance just and, and also um something that's interesting is that it's quite typical to kind of have a hard time sleeping which is something we've talked about before in sleep anxiety and like for, for instance only last night like i just couldn't get sleep until a ridiculous time in the morning because I was just like had un- the uncontrollable overthinking thing I was just like having all these flashbacks and just overthinking things that happened ages ago and sort of overanalyzing them again mm. until and I couldn't stop myself I just couldn't stop myself which is also it's kind of it was kind of like a combination of two things so a classic classic symptoms are racing thoughts uncontrollable overthinking difficulties concentrating feelings of dread panic or impending doom feeling irritable, heightened alertness, problems with sleep, changes in appetite, wanting to escape from situations you're in, and dissociation. And the essay was like a huge combination of all of them. It was like racing thoughts, uncontrollable overthinking, um, problems with sleep, obviously, because because of those two. And I just couldn't seem to, I just couldn't stop. I kept trying to stop myself and be like, you know, and I kept catching myself out and being like, you're overthinking things. And you're like having arguments that never happened or didn't happen back in the day, or reliving arguments that did happen, you know? And I just couldn't, every time I tried to stop myself, it kept, I just kept accidentally going, getting back into it. And I think I suffer from, I think, so the overthinking thing is something I actually just have all the time, Mm. but I feel like sometimes it's sort of, it's exacerbated at night time. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have the overthinking all times of day and, and also, um, I would say, um, and we talked about obsessions before, but like also mm. obsessive thinking about, um, I mean, obsessions are also psychological, can for me are part of a psychological symptom, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, you kind of, it's, it's, a, it's also like fixated, getting fixated on things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting like completely fixated on something that's like, <laughs> isn't really doesn't I mean you know to an unhealthy extent I mean I think the overthinking thing something that actually just affects every single area of my life you know Mm -hmm. I overthink relationships I overthink um friendships I overthink going to the shops I overthink um my work or lack thereof um Mm -hmm. I definitely overthink the podcast all the time 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time we, every week when we publish it, I spend the entire day worrying that mm. I, because you know we we do listen back to it to you know make sure it's coherent and also to you know, um, sort of, so you know fact check I guess and also just make sure that it's okay. Well, accidentally. <laughs> Yeah, accidentally saying something and too inappropriate. Like, obviously, I know that we are quite explicit in, with it, and we do with you know use some naughty words, as it were, Cuss, which you know cussing. we might rub people up the wrong way in that sense. Um, but um, you know, I do make sure that there's you know we are we try to. Would you say overthinking is the one is your least favorite? No. No, 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 no. I'm fine with the overthinking in comparison to the um, sense of impending doom and dread. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's bad That one. is my app. That for me is the absolute worst one. That one, thank God, doesn't actually happen to me too often. But when it mm. does happen, that is the definitely the most distressing one. I think the most um, overthinking is probably the most, the one that happens the most to me, the one that I'm most plagued by on a daily basis, but it doesn't distress me nearly as much as the sense of impending doom or dread because because of the simple overthink, a simple um, the feeling of it, because overthinking is something like, it's almost like running on a treadmill, I guess. It's just happening and it's exhausting and I, but without the great benefits of running on a treadmill. <laughs> yeah. So now the impending, I have that too. I mean, I, this week I actually just had, I just, I was, Sometimes it also just comes and you're not really expecting it. I was walking down the high street here on my way home and suddenly I just got taken over by this f- terrible feeling. I mean, I had been worrying about stuff all day. That is true. I'd been overthinking all day about all the things that, you know, sort of worry me, you know, worry everyone probably, you know, work and money and, you know, where your life is going and how old am I? And <laughs> all these things, you know, relationship stuff, stuff that you have in your mind. Um, and then, yeah, there's suddenly this, this the feeling of the, the feeling of dread or doom, or, you know, that this feeling that something, that, that, that sort of feeling of certainty that something really so, shitty yeah. is going to happen really soon. There's something absolutely devastating that's going to happen. Yeah. And I've had that for as, such again, depressing this is something, thought. yeah, it's something feeling. I've had for as long as I can remember as well. Um, it was funny. I remember, um, in I think it was last year, I remember calling you once and I was like, Hector, Hector, I feel like something terrible is about to happen. And I remember you saying, well, <laughs> the way this year's been going, you're probably right. Did I say that? Yes. <laughs> because it'd been one thing after another. Like, if you remember, I mean, not that I want to give people Vietnam flashbacks at this point, but like beginning of 2020, there were the terrible fires in um in Australia, yeah. which were very distressing. Yeah. Um, then there was, then coronavirus started and then it was just one thing after another, like terrible things. Like I've lost count of all the terrible things that happened over 2020. And so, and it was like every day there was something new on the news, something terrible had happened, you know? Mm. And um, and I remember just like calling you and saying like, oh my God, I think, I feel like something really, really bad is gonna happen. Um, also, it was like, I think it wasn't just like the stuff that was happening on the news. I think all of us, I mean, I don't, I know very few people who didn't also have sort of personal tragedies happening last year mm. um, and us included. So I you remember and you was like, said to me, like, and you, and actually the thing is it did actually help me 
because what you said was you said like yes given how the year's been going you're probably not wrong but basically what you were telling me or what you then explained with that was every day I turn on the news and there's something new that's happened that is terrible Mm. you know yeah and so (laughs) starting to expect something terrible to happen is probably just normal (laughs) yeah I think so um yeah it wouldn't I think probably many people even who don't suffer from anxiety have this feeling at the moment because it was a very um a rough year yeah I think think everyone kind of needs a win at this point yeah but also I remember I think a big problem for me with the with the impending doom things this is because this has affected me for so long a big issue especially when I was younger and uh, my imagination is like I think one of my big problems which also is connected with the overthinking is I have I have incredible imagination. Mm. There are no limits <laughs> to the scenarios I can conjure up in my mind. Um, and so when I was much younger and I would have this sense of impending doom and then something terrible did happen. Every time something terrible happened after I had this sense of impending doom, which, you know, sometimes it just happens by coincidence because of the amount of times you have this feeling and then life just happens, you know? But every time that happened, I felt like... Um, like I was being like a, there was like a confirmation that I have like some kind of sixth sense and that I can just feel when something bad is going to happen. So like for a time there, especially when I was like a teenager, I was convinced that I had some kind of psychic ability because mm. I was like every time I have this feeling. And the thing is, at the end of the day, every time I had this feeling, not it, it wasn't true that something terrible happened. But then there, on occasion it would. I think like in one particularly bad case, um, I went to bed with this really really terrible feeling of dread. And then when I got to school the next day, one of the pupils at our school had died. Mm-hmm. And so that for me was like, oh my God, like, obviously I have some kind of weird ability to see into the you future. Have the mark. Yes, that's what I thought. I was just like so convinced that, because I was like, well, I, had, I had no explanation at the time because I didn't know that I was suffering from an anxiety disorder mm. because you know I didn't get diagnosed until I was in my twenties and I started having actual panic attacks. But I've been suffering from this for as long as I can remember, but I, hadn't, I didn't know, you know what I mean? So if I didn't know that I had a problem, yeah. me, I had no way, other way of explaining these 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 feelings that I was having. You know, they, I think one of the hardest things, sense. yeah, one of the hardest things about when you get this feeling of dread or or impending doom, it's really hard to see anything positive or, or to be optimistic about the future. Obviously, because you've got a feeling of impending doom and yeah. <laughs> dread. But um, <laughs> it's very difficult to label it and say, oh, okay, it's actually just part of, of my anxiety. Um, yeah, exactly. Because what if it is, you know, what if something does actually, terrible does actually happen then? Because then <laughs> then it wouldn't just be your anxiety, then it would actually it would become something, some part of reality. Yeah, yeah. It's and it would like be justified. Yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. And I wish I could have it the other way around. Do you, uh, do you think there are people in this world? Who have a sudden feeling that something brilliant's about to happen? Of course there are. <laughs> Why do I have that? <laughs> I mean, why can I go to bed thinking like, oh my god, I have a feeling something amazing's about to happen? What if nothing amazing happens though? Then wouldn't that be like, would it be something would happen though? Something would happen, and I'd be like, this is it. This is what I was waiting for. You know, like mm. I'd wake up and. Um, I think, and it would be I've, sunny. I think and I've I'd experienced be like, that. I think I've experienced sort of. What joy de vivre, or whatever the French call it. Joie de vivre. <laughs> joie de vivre. <laughs> you know, joy sort of, de vivre. 
a sort of feeling of um, optimism or um, happiness. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying I've never times felt I've happiness. Felt I think like sometimes, are... you know, I'm going for one of my walks because like that's all I have to do right now because I'm unemployed. I go for walks and it's mm. great. I actually really like it's my favorite part of the day. And I listen to music and I'm like walking down the street listening to music and it's a happy song. And then I'm feeling like, ah, oh, this is dope. You know, I'm feeling happy, but I don't get the feeling that something brilliant's about to happen. And then you tread on a dead pigeon. Oh, God. Yes. Or there's, and there's poo everywhere as well. So, you know, I have to be careful of that. Or someone's weird in the park because, I, you know, the park isn't the best park here. Mm. <laughs> like, like the other day. Exhibitionists or... This, this is okay you get you i mean you get just i mean they're just like you know they're the the drug addicts you know mm-hmm. hanging out who sometimes like and mostly they're very docile and fine like i they usually leave me alone the other day i was in the park and i was leaving i was having a i was in a in a bit of a kerfuffle with someone and i not not physically but like um in an emotional kerfuffle and I was talking to someone else, leaving someone else a voice message about the emotional kerfuffle. And um, someone who was like, had nothing to do with me. It was just like a dad with his kids and, yeah, and their dog walked past me and kind of commented what I was saying in my bloody voicemail. And then like, was like, oh, did you hear what she was saying? I was just like, excuse me. It's none of your bloody business what I talk about on, in my voicemail to someone. And like, and then I was obsessing about it for ages afterwards about like, what did I say that made him that made him think that that was weird or that he had the you know right to sort of like chime in on that. He had what no idea. did you say? Know me. <laughs> what did maybe, I say? Maybe he misheard you or maybe, you know. Okay, well, actually what I did say might have been thought as weird. I said, <laughs> and I quote, sorry, but if any of you murder someone, I am going to the police. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> maybe he thought you were, you know, part of a criminal London gang, you know, and um, part of a drug It wasn't even or... actually about, mu- the conversation wasn't even about murder. It was, I was like, a, that Obviously. was like a, an example of like, I just feel quite strongly that it, that helping someone dispose of a dead body is a bad idea. And well, maybe that, how old was the child, you know? Though they were like toddlers, but they didn't think they understood me. And also mm-hmm. I wasn't with them. I was sitting on a park bench and they walked past me. And then he was like, oh, that's not good to me. And then was like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, dude. Was he joking or was he? I have no idea. Maybe. And also it's like, actually, I think what I was saying was good and his children should hear it. There's no sense in helping someone dispose of a body. It's always a bad idea. You're going to get in trouble. Probably. Like, not that I've ever been in this scenario, but it is something I do worry about when I'm overthinking. <laughs> yeah, so the impending uh, feeling of doom is a bad one or dread. Um Another horrible one that I have occasionally. I used to have it a lot. I don't have it so much now, but when it does happen, it's somehow the less I have it, the more devastating it is because it's so, uh, it's such a drag when things come up that you haven't had for a while. But for me, I think one of the worst ones is the disassociating thing or not, not feeling mm. part of the world or not feeling part of my body or um, just feeling weird or you know, just not just feeling. It's a very hard Unrund, one. To, they say in German, so not round. Um, it's kind know. of like sometimes it's a bit like sleepwalking, but con- but you're you are conscious and you are like awake, but it's like sleepwalking almost because it's like you aren't. It's like you're not who you are, and it sometimes a bit feels a bit like someone else has taken over my body. I guess hmm. in a weird way, and but that one's actually quite dangerous. I think because I've had unfortunately a lot of situations where 
I was so sort of dissociated from myself and I was so absent-minded that I almost got run over like a bunch of times because mm. I just walk out into the street and um yeah oh god I did that too I was driving my bicycle on the wrong side of the street I thought oh, it was a, I thought it was like a two-way street and I th- none of the cars were warning me so in in Germany and Austria we drive on the right side of the road and I thought it was a two I thought it was a the kind of road where you have cars going one direction and the other and then there were cars going past me and then you know, no one warned me no one blinked at me or anything or honked and then suddenly there was a car coming right in front of me in my lane and I just realized it just this is just a four-lane one-way street oh my god and I jumped out onto the side and that was fine but it was one of those situations where I just you know I just wasn't so I was so far away so unpresent and um yeah it was um that is quite scary sometimes actually the way also i drop things or i put things in the wrong place then oh yes you know, like i put i put my phone in the fridge or yes um, sometimes i put the remote control in the cupboard and i don't know why yeah that and or like it's yeah sorry i saying? think for me that is probably i think for me the least favorite one i have is is the disassociated one because you just feel so far away from yourself and from everyone around you and, I think um, the dissociated one is the one that I'm most afraid of. Yeah, I'm most afraid of it too. It's because... Um, Especially if it's... it happens at work or something. I mean, I, I used to be, you know, attaching engines to each other and sometimes, but I mean, <laughs> then I was usually super concentrated, but somehow it would just, you know, sometimes it came and you have to concentrate and it's just really uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think it's, it's the one that I have, I'm most afraid of for one thing, because um, I mean, now, now, not so on the one hand at the moment, my main my main concern with the dissociating is, is just my physical safety. Yeah. Now. Um, but when I, um, there was a time when I was really, really experiencing it a lot and I was like afraid because I didn't know what it was. I didn't really, I didn't realize it was, it was a symptom of anxiety. I knew that I had anxiety, but I didn't realize that that was a symptom of it. And so I was really scared about what was happening to me um, because like there would be these times where I would walk somewhere and it would take me like, half an hour mm. and i showed up where i was supposed to show up and everything but i had no rem no memory of 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 the of the journey there for instance yeah. like i was oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean and yeah. it's kind of and it's because I, I mean i don't have blackouts like something not something that i have it's just because your mind is somewhere else yeah in that time and you don't actually notice exactly hardly anything that's happened around you yeah you, you don't only you don't notice have a feeling what's of happening time. inside your head yeah and you're so introspection so i think yes yeah. i had i i, I, I Doctor, I was reading a book by, she was called um, Claire Weeks. She's actually one of the first, one of the earliest people who were working with um, CBT. Mm-hmm. She called it introspection. So basically your thoughts are dragged into your mind and there's no nothing you can really do about it. And so you're just, people will see from the outside that you seem very silent or detached or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Introspection was, is, I think, what she called it. And I, I, yeah, I really don't, I think that's one of the most difficult ones for me. Yeah, because like I think a big thing was like because yeah, I overthink things, right? So a big part of my anxiety is overthinking other symptoms of my anxiety, right? Yeah. Which, um, and so there was a that was a phase where I was like I was you know very unhappy at work. I was also in the midst of a very stressful theater project, and things in my uh, relationship at the time were very bad, and so I became very very very. Um, introspected mm, yeah it's very just dis- and I was very sort of dissociated and there were these 
and sort of like the downtime that I had, the only downtime that I had, because I was like, I was working from, I was working part-time at the time because I was still students. Oh, and I was studying as well. Oh my God, it was, and, and my, 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 and I was trying to finish my minor subject. I'd already written my bachelor thesis and everything. I just had to finish my damn minor subject by, and I had to like pass one test. But I was really, really worried about it. And so everything was just kind of falling apart or that's how it felt at least to me at the time. And um, the only, and I was just constantly had stuff to do. So I was either at university, at work or um, rehearsing or having horrendous fights with my boyfriend at the time. Mm. Um, and so I sort of became very, very withdrawn. And um, the sort of, the only times to myself was when I was walking from work to rehearsal, for instance. And mm. so, and I would often walk like, instead of taking public transport, which would have gotten me places much quicker, I would walk instead because I wanted to sort of try and clear my head. But instead I was just so sort of dissociated that I would then walk from where I was going to, from where I was coming to where I was going. And I would have no memory of, of the walk and what had happened on the walk basically. Yeah. And that really terrified me because like, I know that the sort of unaccounted, like not remembering phases of your day are like signs of some really, really serious mental illnesses. Yeah. So I was very, very scared at the time that I might be something like, I don't know, schizophrenic or, or, um, or have dissociative disorder. And I was very concerned about that. Um, and then of course was doing way too much research into these things. And then like, tr like, you know, obviously as a hypochondriac, it's always a bad idea. And then you start like seeing patterns and stuff and you start really worrying. However, Later, I did, when I was then in therapy, uh, we did talk about it and it was, did become clear that this is just a, it's just a typical um, symptom of anxiety. But at the time, I didn't know that. And so that was quite scary when I had like these sort of um, these memory gaps, I guess. Mm. Like I hadn't I hadn't communicated with anyone in this time. I had just simply been walking from one place to another. But just how detached I was was quite frightening. Yeah, I think. Um what you, I just had to think of when you were saying this was for me also one of the the things is that thoughts, it doesn't matter what they are. And I was talking to someone about this who had difficulties understanding why some thoughts are upsetting to people with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the things is you just, um, well, I mean, we talked about it in, in a different episode where we talked about, um, we were talking about obsessions actually, I remember. Mm -hmm. And for me, obsessions are really a big part of um, psychological symptoms of anxiety. Um, the thing was how seriously you take a thought, how seriously you take a scary thought, how mm -hmm. seriously you take a weird thought, how seriously you take a, a strange feeling. It's just that you, like you said before, you just overthink everything that happens in your body and in your head. Mm. And um, that is that causes, and it's like a chain reaction for me at least, that can lead to overthinking and overthinking about overthinking. Mm -hmm. And um, and that can also lead then to feelings of dread because the whole day you've just been worrying and then just, you know, because you've been worrying all day, you this feeling that something bad's going to happen, it's obvious that it'll come. Mm -hmm. And then after you've had panic or an anxiety attack, then can come the introspection or the, or the, um, the feeling of disassociation. Dis yeah. Disassociation, is that what's called? dissociating or dissociation mm. so um 
I think especially in, in the case of, for me at least, in the, in, in the sense when it's about um, psychological symptoms, they, they all just do ring a ring a rosy. Is that yeah. It's, <laughs> a, it's a horrible, horrible carousel <laughs> in your mind. They all chase each other They all and they all lead to each other as well. It's yeah. like and the weirdest one. They all enable each other. Yes, and... they're also connected. Welcome, fellow anxiety callers. It's Jib, the disclaimer dude. We're going to take a quick time out to remember that Hector and Lois are not mental health professionals. Let's take a deep breath to process that. In and out. Try to ignore those flashbacks to embarrassing moments from the third grade. Remember that none of us here at Anxiety Calling are mental health professionals and also have no idea what we are doing with our lives. Do you feel that overwhelming sense of dread and foreboding? That's okay. So do we. Jib, Jib, honey, are you in the basement again, sugar pie? Dinner's ready. Mom, I'm doing my podcast thing. Is that with them British assholes? Mom, fuck. Just remember that any advice or information given in this podcast is based on their personal experiences and is meant to raise awareness and help end the stigma of mental illness. I think one, just one quick anecdote for, of this dissociation one. Um, so I, this, and this is like something I, I do think about a lot still. And then it's this thing of like mem remembering something and then thinking like, oh my God, what if things had happened differently? I could be dead basically. And so, so one time this was, um, ages ago, actually, I was thinking I was still at school or I was probably finishing school at the time. I was, must've been like, you know, 2012, 2013, something like that. Or I think that's when around, around when it was or like early days of studying, but I was definitely still living with our parents. And I was on my way home from the station. It's like a 10 minute walk perfect time to zone out and not like notice anything happening around you and also like the roads around where we live were very quiet you know you rarely had cars coming through but I so close quite close to our parents home I crossed the street and then realized in the last possible minute that there was a really big white van coming at me and I crossed the street so shortly before it was like coming um and I, in a way, sometimes things sort of like are in slow motion. Yes. Or you perceive things as though they're in slow motion. And so I turned my head and realized, oh my God, I'm about to die. And then I sped up 
and it just hit my bag it didn't and like and then I sort of like collapsed because I from the shock not because they actually hurt me or anything mm. I was just so shocked about what had happened I sort of just like collapsed and they stopped to check if I was okay and everything and I apologized for you know almost getting myself killed by them because they there was nothing I could do I out of nowhere they were coming at a certain speed and they they wouldn't they didn't have time to break or anything because I so shortly before they were you know we were going to pass each other I suddenly crossed with no and I didn't see it coming at all I had even though I was staring straight ahead and it was coming at me from that angle it wasn't like it came from behind it came from in front of me so we were facing each other so they had obviously for them they were completely shocked that I just suddenly decided to walk out in front of their van and it wasn't just like a regular car it was a it was a big van so if it had hit me and you know I'm quite I'm quite um my frame is quite small I'm quite yeah. petite um, I once jumped on a box to try and like break it down and it didn't budge. Like, and sometimes I couldn't, I couldn't set off the, 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 the escalators in Germany. You only have to like tread on them and then they set off. I couldn't trigger the set off of the, some of the escalators. I had to like really jump up and down on them to make it happen because I'm quite light as well. So if it had hit me, I probably would have died or at the very least I would be in, in a wheelchair or something at this point, because it was a big van and it was going quite fast and I was, just like no match for it mm. and nothing happened obviously I got very very lucky but I was so f I was really freaked out by that because it wasn't like you know some people are like oh it's you know these these youths they walk around listening to music so loudly they don't even hear what's happening around them right mm. and that's not I don't that's not really usually the problem like I, if I'm listening to music like I don't want to sound like one of those people who says like oh I don't have a problem but like obviously I know that if you are listening to music you're less aware of what's happening around you um but like I can hear cars if I'm listening to music, you know, um, yeah. especially because I've always had crappy headphones. So like I do hear cars when I'm when I'm walking around listening to music. But if I'm dissociating, even if I wasn't listening to music, I wouldn't hear a car. Yeah, I mean, things like that happen to me. I mean, not such a close shave, but I mean, things I mean, recently just happened to me. I was sitting in the in the metro. And I just, you know, completely zoned out. And then the train went past my stop and past another stop. And then it went past the end stop and then just went into the, like, where trains go to sleep. Oh, you, you went into the, you went into the, into the train hotel? I went to the train hotel. And then suddenly I, I suddenly thought to myself, I suddenly looked up and I sort of, sort of realized, okay, this is weird. You know, there's no people and it's more silent and there's no, no, you know, signals or anything. And, it was, and I suddenly realized that we were, yeah, in the train, in the train's bedroom. <laughs> and um luckily it, was, luckily it was the middle of the day it wasn't like the last train of the day oh it was, god the train you just went, spend the night and then it, it'd been dark and scary yeah it just had a it just had a half hour break and then it went back in the other direction so it was fine and i wasn't running late or anything i wasn't i was i was finished with work so it didn't matter but it was it was just this thing that I just you know um i just you know didn't notice it happening you know just I didn't did notice it happening also just get on the wrong train when i was still living in munich like because you know we, there was oh, only yeah, one yeah. train we could get that took us home and sometimes i would just get on the train before it oh one time the worst thing i did <laughs> have you ever done this i would be interested have you ever watched your train come in and watched it leave and then realize yes, yes wait another yes. 20 minutes <laughs> yes i just sat there just, i even looked at the the the, the sign you even saw it and it just blue, left the blue color and the number yes, one the blue the blue s1 color 
Jesus, that's the worst. I hated that. And that's happened to me like a bunch of times. I was just like literally watched my train. And it happened not only in at like when I was on my way home, you know, when we go, through, especially when we were going home from school or when I was like at university, I had to take the same like route home. And you'd go to Marienplatz and you would like wait for your train, right? Yeah. It didn't only happen to me that it even happened to me in our original state stop, like where we lived with our parents. I once like, and they went in again, like every 20 minutes, but the only train that goes through there is the S1. No other train goes through there. And yet I still managed to like watch a train come in and leave without yeah. me. Cause I was so, um, it's, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know what it's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like being a ghost or something, mm. you know? And, um, and then like, and, but then the waking up bit from it is also so horrible. You know, when you wake up out of your, your day, your, your, your days, the, the way, you know, you could, I don't know if this happens to you, but with me, every time I get um, startled out of it because I nearly got myself run over or because I just watched my train leave or because suddenly there's a jogger next to me and I think they're trying to kidnap me. Like, I can um, have a panic attack. Yes. Same. Like my heart goes like crazy. And then I'm like in this huge panic. And then I'm so um confused as well because I'm suddenly like awake and I can hear everything suddenly and all of the sounds come pouring in and, and I can see everything properly and it's just a system overload and then I'm just so disoriented yeah. um by what's happened and that's like really sucks when it's in the middle of like a busy area so like if you zone out and then you suddenly find yourself in Piccadilly Circus that's a nightmare yeah yeah no I mean the thing is I guess with anxiety and panic I don't even know where to start with the psychological symptoms because there's so many and they're so varied and they just well, like we said before they facilitate and enable each other um i mean one really nasty one is just fear and worry just simple plain simple fear and worry you know yeah and just, just constantly worrying and also just constantly feeling anxious with no reason you know just this feeling of like the because like no there way. is the there's the impending doom one which is like quite intense but then there's also a slightly less intense version of that and where just it's just being nervous yeah just sort of feeling no reason. and sort of dreading things all day without any real reason to. and then you tell someone you're nervous and they say why and you say yes. i don't know because i am i'm nervous because i'm nervous it's sort of like when you know when, when when you know when my boyfriend asked me like oh you know what's wrong and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just feeling anxious. Like, cause I don't, here's the thing with, with my, especially with my, with my boyfriend, like I'm, I'm don't, I don't, I used to sort of cover things up all the time. You know what I mean? So like when someone would be like, oh, you know, you look, you look upset or, you know, you, you, you don't, you look, you know, lost. In, what are you thinking about that kind of stuff? Right. And if I tell them what I'm thinking about, which is like some kind of weird random scenario that would never happen. Um, I'm worried that they'll think I'm insane. So like what I would say is like, oh, I'm just tired, you know, or I, you know, got a lot on my plate, stuff like that. Just like, just like, I would explain it away a lot. Um, but now I don't do that anymore, especially with people who I, who know me well and who know my, you know, the condition that I have, I will just say I'm feeling anxious, but then inevitably so many people are like, why, mm. you know, and I said, because I have an anxiety disorder. That's why I'm anxious. Like I have no reason to be anxious, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think a big one, another big one, actually, that I do that I that I find it's very unpleasant, and I think this is not it's not just unpleasant for me; it's also unpleasant for other people. Is um, how irritable you can feel sometimes oh because God, of the anxiety. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's a really tough one. And it's really, but the thing is, it's also you feel so horrible because you find it so hard to just not be irritable, and you feel yes. bad for the people, but at the same time, you just can't not be irritable sometimes. And irritability, yes. Because you're just your nerves are so on edge, and just the tiniest things can really set you off. 
also chances are like when you burst into the room and you have a complete meltdown because somebody didn't empty the dishwasher um it's that's not really what the problem is obviously mm-hmm. like so it's, chances are like you just got a you just got an, a rejection email or something or you just got you know you you you've already had an argument with someone via text that day or um or you had a completely fabricated argument in your mind with someone mm-hmm. and so you've already like a lot of things have already happened internally that they did not witness at all have already happened to you yeah. to get you to the point of being that irritable and then something small will set it off and that is I think in relationships that is really hard for the other person, obviously. Mm. Also because then I hate myself. The worst thing is how much I hate myself for like, if I snap at my boyfriend because he's done something that isn't, at the end of the day, isn't such a big deal, but like it's just really, really got my goat. And I really try to fight the impulse to get angry. But sometimes it, you know, sometimes I don't, I, I lose. Um, and then when I do snap at him, I then feels so bad for snapping at him and then I try to explain it but then all that ends up happening is I just burst into tears because I'm so upset at myself for being angry with him and I'm also still angry with him for not doing whatever or doing whatever he did that annoyed me um and I don't know any way out of it and I'm in this little circle of like distress you know Mm. and it also looks like makes you look so weird like you just like it's sometimes like something tiny and then suddenly you're like bursting into tears yeah something that doesn't really matter but I feel like that happens a lot more actually when I'm by myself I've noticed like when my at some point last year I can't remember when it was exactly but I was alone and my boyfriend was away I think it was might have been before lockdown when he had one last business trip to Berlin and um can't remember what the thing was it was like the tiniest thing I think it was something to do with work either someone sent me an email that annoyed me or or I couldn't or I, I forgot my password to something and I just like had a complete meltdown you mm. know I'm just like crying like ugly crying because of something really tiny and it's obviously seems you know like completely bonkers but it's it's because you're so high strung all the time yeah yep I know these these things. It's, um, I think like you noticed this particularly last time you visited me. You noticed the the irritability thing that I have. And did I tell you? Yeah, you said <laughs> it was funny actually because like someone else I told someone else about this and he commented that he finds it so interesting that we are able to have such honest conversations with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said. Lois, you have relationship road rage. Oh yeah, you do. And it's not, but it's not just romantic relationships. It's every it's relationship. You get, you, it's, I have this with everyone. I have really, relationship. Sometimes road rage. you're really, you, you're really mean to uh, one of our brothers about okay. something. He was being impossible. Okay. Oh no, you're, no, it's not even that you get mean. It's just you get, yeah, you get like enraged, like other I people. I get enraged. Who I just, I, I'm not even mean. I don't driving. say, I don't say mean things to him. Like I wouldn't say like, you know, like just like soul crippling mean things to someone. I just get really impatient with them and like, just get really upset. Like I'm deeply upset by how, by their like lack of understanding of a of something, not, or just like their stupidity. I can't stand. What, did that, what kind of rage did I have? Did we ever work that out? Um, you're actually very i feel like i mean the older you've gotten the more um balanced you've become like i feel like when you were younger you were much much more volatile but we all were like obviously as teenagers like you know there's so much going on like um in your body that i think um 
it's harder to keep yourself. And there under are a few things that really enrage me, I think. But oh wait, no, wait, wait, wait. There is something that really enrages you. Oh, what is it? There's something you get really upset by. Ah, oh, why am I forgetting it? Actually, I think you really hate doing. I mean, you, everyone hates doing things they don't want to do, but you, you really don't like talking to people who you don't find interesting. But doesn't this doesn't enrage me? Does it? Well, you're not in front of them, but to me, then you you talk, you go on a rant to me mm, maybe. about it. But you are you are much less irritable than I am, or at least you're at the very least you're much better at controlling it. I think I just don't hang out with that much money with that many people, so you know they don't. <laughs> no, one, <laughs> no one has to bear the brunt of my um of my irritability. No, I feel like with you, it takes a lot more for you to get to that point. So like, I remember when you were moving and then the whole, the whole thing with your, with your, you know, with the, Everything with the went exploding wrong. pipe or whatever it was that, and then you flooded your, your flat and everything when, and you dropped the paint in the street, like that week was hard for you. And then you did have a, you did, you did snap eventually, mm. you know, and you did get, Ups. you did get angry with some people not with me but you know with some people um but it does take a lot for you to like do that and what you kind of need is you need to be able to vent it's important to you to be able to sort of like complain about things without somebody like telling you to look on the bright side of things yeah I just and if say somebody doesn't let you have that fine. yeah and if you don't get that then you will snap at someone but um, it's usually like a lot of a big build up before you need to vent. And then when and then once you've vented, you're fine again, you know, and you just get you're kind of just generally in a bad mood, but you just like voice that and it's kind of easy to get sort of deal with that, you know, whereas with me, I get incredibly impatient the second somebody doesn't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Or if somebody doesn't do or won't, won't like let me do the, the thing that I want to do or like you know, that's like then I get incredibly angry very, very quickly. Yeah. And things taking longer than they should, I guess, is annoying to me. Or when I'm right about something, but somebody just refuses to, like, agree with me or refuses to, to like, let, let me do it my way. And then, of course, and just, like, so everyone knows, like, not to be petty, but it does always wind up in the situation of me being, like, well, you know, I did say this is how we should have been doing it and just no one would listen to me you know mm. because i do tend to think things through very very also part heavy. of an anxiety disorder actually i mean i'm yeah. good at that's planning i think yeah and that's the thing i am really i do i do really think things through and i don't ever like just blurt stuff out without having thought them through so when i do you know get over myself and like i'm actually able to voice what i you know my opinion and say i think we should do something a certain way and it gets ignored or just like shattled over and then the way that they someone else did it is shit and they could have, if they'd listened to me, it would have been better. That does annoy me as well, actually. <laughs> yeah, that just really gets my goat because I'm like, because then I'm, I don't, because, because I just, I just feel like it would be nice if people listened to me because I, I do say, you know, I speak a lot of sense, I think. Mm -hmm. Big, and uh, part of that is because of the anxiety disorder, because I really do think of everything that could go wrong before I, you know, say what I think. Yeah. So no, not being heard, I think, is a hard one. And that does, I do, and then I have a tendency to get angry that it doesn't, that sometimes does obviously backfire and doesn't get me heard anyway. Mm. So yeah, in conclusion, <laughs> you are absolutely right. I have relationship road rage. Yeah, you do. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> no, I don't even have a good, uh, what do you call it, <laughs> connection to the next episode with Segway? that. Segway? 
segue. I just, you know, thought I'd try and wing it, but I failed. As we often do in life, but this is something that we have to... Something we have to live with, you know. We, we we'll probably with. be overthinking this, and you know, in three years, you'll still be thinking about this failed segue. I failed many segues in my life. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not good at segues. Is it even pronounced segue? I hope it's the right word, but I really don't know. Anyway, so... If you know how to pronounce segue properly... <laughs> No, segue is definitely the right, right? That's the right. And what, how else would you right pronounce to us it? In our DMs on Instagram. And, um, but then we'd be reading it. And we, if we don't know how to pronounce it, then how next is week, reading it going to help us? Well, you know, there's like um, spoken reading, you know? Yeah, right. Okay. The phonetic. Anyway, Lois, maybe you can tell everybody what we're going to talk about next week because you've got more insight than me, I think. So next week is an exciting week because for the very first time we are inviting a guest onto anxiety calling we are going to be sharing our platform next week with somebody who will be introducing himself in the next episode um and we will be talking about adhd which is um i think is an incredibly interesting um, mental illness that is definitely worth talking about, especially in connection with anxiety, because there are a lot of crossovers in the symptoms. And also a lot of people with ADHD also do suffer from anxiety. So I figured that this could be really interesting for our audience. On the one hand, for people who don't have ADHD to maybe learn a bit more about it. But also, if, um, if anxiety is such a common um, part of ADHD, chances are some of our listeners do suffer from ADHD. So it would be interesting for them as well. Um, and so basically we're going to be learning a bit more about it um, because I think it's a very, I mean, I think it's one of the um, illnesses that is just really misunderstood. And also it's one of those ones that's kind of like used a lot as comic relief in the media. I feel like we have to like make fun of people with ADHD or sort of seen as like a funny quirky thing to be. Um, but I kind of want to give more insight into that. And so we'll be inviting someone on to our podcast next week to um, talk about his experiences um, with it, how he got diagnosed, so on and so forth. Um, so if anyone has any specific questions, actually, that they would like to ask, it would be great if you could DM those to us. Yeah, and then we can uh, talk about that in the in the show next week. Yeah, so this. if you follow us on Instagram or if you have Instagram and don't follow us, um, it'd be great if you gave us a follow or at least um, checked out our account. And then if you had any specific questions you would like to ask our guest next week, um, feel free to send us a DM and then we will try and um, fit that into the next session. Yeah, and if you haven't already, give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and many other podcast platforms. And um, yeah, tune in next. Tune in tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, that tune is. Tune in tomorrow to hear. Oh, wait, no, Hector, we can't say that. They've already tuned in if they're listening to this. Oh, shit. You've got to stop doing that. I might. It's just like, <laughs> this is like, it's, it's like Inception, you know? It's just, you know? <laughs> we say tune in tomorrow if we do the videos for Instagram. In this one, we can't say tune in tomorrow because they've already tuned in if they're listening to us. Ah. Yeah, well, you know, I'm you know, already way past that mind fuck so <laughs> my mind is, is you know tune in every week and listen to us is what we're saying <laughs> <laughs>